Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to the very first Stoic reading from the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ren, and today we're going to be covering the very first letter in Seneca's acclaimed work, Letters from a Stoic. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, when I read Seneca's works, in order for me to get a better understanding of the text, I like to kind of give my own personal title to each letter. And letter one regards how we classify time, how we use time, and how we save time. So my personal title for this letter is On the Use of Time. Now, I will be reading exactly from a translation found for free online. Uh, If you look up Letters from a Stoic, Letter 1, there are multiple free versions that you can read along with, or you can just listen and hear my best interpretation of what Seneca says and how we can apply it to the modern age, to Gen Z, to how we conduct ourselves as we go through our day-to-day lives, where it's chaotic, where... We seem to be overly emotional. We struggle in areas we should not struggle in. And while in a lot of regards, a lot of the areas we struggle in are the exact same as the ones that were the common struggle of the common man or woman during the time of Seneca. And that's the beauty of philosophy itself is that while these words were written 2,000 years ago, they still ring true today. And now some of them obviously are going to be out of context with today's world and so may not apply. And obviously there weren't smartphones or social media during the ancient Roman Empire, during ancient Greece. So we can't really address those things with these works. But with that being said, let's actually get into the meat of this letter. So first Seneca says, Continue to act thus, my dear Lucilius. Set yourself free for your own sake. Gather and save your time, which till lately has been forced from you or filched away, or has merely slipped from your hands. Make yourself believe the truth of my words, that certain moments are torn from us, that some are gently removed, and that others glide beyond our reach. The most disgraceful kind of loss, however, is that due to carelessness. Now we can see here that Seneca is classifying really three parts of our lives, right? We can boil down our lives into three distinct sections when it comes to time. And we can see these three distinctions clearly in his first few sentences where he talks about three types of time. Time that is torn from us, or time that we may classify now as time that we spend on tasks that are not important to us. You know, I always bring up the chore that I struggle with, which is walking my dog. Uh, It's hard at times to motivate to go walk your dog for 45 minutes. It's a large time chunk, and if you're like me, and you're getting into something to do with the podcast or something that interests me, kind of getting out of that mode of being, I say, productive with air quotes to go take time to do what seems like a menial task seems like time that's torn from us so that's the first type of time time that's gently removed these are things that maybe aren't purposeful these are not purposeful times but they're times that we can kind of siphon away from what we want to do productivity wise whether it's you know you go out and you hang out with some friends you have some fun you go out and you spend some time with your family something that fulfills you with joy yet isn't tied into the your path in life, your purpose, your productivity. 
And then the third and final time that Seneca is classifying here is what he calls the most disgraceful kind of loss of time, which is time that glides beyond our reach. And what, what he means here in the kind of language of Seneca, language of Stoicism, is just time that we waste. That time that you've spent for the past 30 minutes scrolling through shorts, and I say that, but I've, I'm guilty of that a lot of the time. I do that as well. You know, it's very hard to be kind of perfect in that regard and say, oh, I never scroll on your phone. There are people out there who do that, and I give them full amounts of credit for that, but I am not one of those people. But that's just the modern example, modern equivalent of time that just gently kind of slides beyond our reach because we don't even realize, just like the apps are built to, say so you say, oh, I'm going to just watch a couple of reels, I'm going to watch a couple of videos, and then all of a sudden an hour has passed, and you're like, where did, where did the time go? That time that you could have spent doing something productive is all of a sudden gone. And I think of, I forget, I, I saw this on social media, some influencer, you know, alpha male guy, you know, the type, was saying something about, you think about all the time you have in your day and try and actually find if you wanted to have a 100% or even like an 80% productive day, a productive day that would make you happy, schedule out your day and see where you can find time to scroll on social media for a couple of hours. And chances are you won't be able to find that time. If you're like me and you're like a student or you have a job, let's just aggregate and say you work from nine to five, you're in school from nine to five, and then you want to go to the gym maybe, or you want to do something that's not school-related or work-related, something that's a personal passion. If you wake up in the morning, right, let's say you wake up with a healthy time, which is like 6 a.m. I wish I still woke up at that early in the day, but I don't, uh, thanks to college. But say you wake up at 6 a.m., then you've got a little bit of time, but you have to get ready, you have to drive to work, you have to drive to school, you have to. your mind is already at that place in most regards. So when you get off school, you get off work. If you're in school you're in college or in high school, you usually have a job, some part-time thing, or you have to take care of family. And then then you have a couple of hours to fulfill your hobby, maybe do your homework, something like that. If you're more older, you have a job, maybe you have a family that you have to take care of as well. And it leaves very little time if you truly think about it in the real world for you to be scrolling on your phone or wasting time with these unproductive things that have come as a result of the digital age. And so that's why it's a disgraceful kind of loss is because, as Seneca says, it's due to carelessness. It's because we simply do not care and say, well, well, it's fine because it's fun or it's satisfying, it's cool. And I get it because in truth, when times get hard for me, I, I mentioned this on the podcast a few episodes ago, the serotonin boost that social media brings me is fulfilling because you don't have to think about the things that are troubling you because you just scroll, 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 and you, you look at like Shane Gillis, Shane Gillis on a podcast, and it's pretty funny. So you don't have to think about those tough things. But the reality here that Seneca is highlighting is it's really disgraceful to do that because instead of dealing with those problems and making tomorrow better because you no longer have those problems, you're just choosing to bury your head in the sand and say, it's okay. I, I don't care. I need these, I need this time to not be productive. And it's a give and a take. It's a, it's a balance, right? Stoicism is all about balance. So while it's really, really unrealistic and quite silly for me to say, hey, never scroll on social media endlessly. Don't waste your time like that. That's ridiculous. You're unproductive. Terrible person for doing that. That's super unrealistic. But it's also super unrealistic for me to come on here and say, hey, it's okay to just scroll through all the time. And if that's all you do when you get home, good for you. You have to balance it. You have to find a proper balance because... This is a classification of time that Seneca is allowing here, saying that, hey, it's okay if you do that. It's, it's a natural part of life for this to happen. But if you lose enough time, if you're careless enough, 
then it starts to tread on your life and you start to stray off your path. So let's let's move on though. He says, furthermore, if you will play close heed to the problem, you'll find that the largest portion of our life passes while we are doing ill, a goodly share while we are doing nothing, and the whole while we are doing that which is not to the purpose, which just further emphasizes the point that we spend a large time of our life doing things that ultimately do not get us anywhere. And we would be much better served if we again tackle that purpose, go on that path, and start doing things that attribute to that path. So people say that, you know, high school, college is the time to have fun and just kind of let loose, go wild, have these experiences, experiment in college, all of these things. But people don't realize that in today's day and age, we have people who did that. They go work a nine to five and they don't retire until they're 70. So if you're somebody who wants to have fun throughout their entirety of their life, while still maintaining that purpose, you start when you're 15, when you're 16, when you're young, because that's that's the proper time to do it. Think about throughout ancient history, right? Only in kind of the past hundred years have we normalized that people don't act like adults until they're 18, and maybe they don't even act like adults at 18. Back a hundred years ago, people were getting married, they were starting families, they had a career at 18. But now we have people who are 18 and they want to be social media influencers and they don't know what they want to do in life. And I think that's maybe something that we're kind of implying or forcefully dragging out of this teaching, or at least I am. But if you play close attention to how you spend your time starting at my age at 19 or younger, you are much better served than just kind of wasting away. Let's move on again. He's, he starts up again. What man can you show me who places any value on his time, who reckons the worth of each day, who understands that he is dying daily? For we are mistaken when we look forward to death. The major portion of death has already passed. Whatever years lie behind us are in death's hands. Therefore, Lucilius, do as you write me that you are doing. Hold every hour in your grasp. Lay hold of today's task, and you will not need to depend so much upon tomorrow's. While we are postponing, life speeds by. The, I, I feel this is one of the most quoted Seneca passages, one that I most see. And I we talk about memento mori as a stoic concept where we say, remember that you die, just to emphasize that every day is important. And that's exactly the summary of this paragraph here, is memento mori. Every single day that we live is one more day we do not get. So if you spend today doing absolutely nothing, then you just wasted a day that you'll never get back. And we we treat each day like we have another day coming, like we have another great thing coming to us, and we expect. We have a culture of expectations rather than a culture of just kind of putting your nose down and hard work. Seneca says here to basically remember today's task and you don't need to depend so much on tomorrow's. I'm a big procrastinator when it comes to school and that's that's another example I can think of. Every teacher says that kind of the cliche like, oh, get it done a bit at a time so you don't have to worry about and procrastinate and do your essay, cram your essay, cram your project in four hours the night before it's due. And life kind of follows the same concept. We are so worried about the prospect of us doing great things Yet, we don't make current actions to get there. We worry about, oh, these decisions that are going to be upcoming, but aren't spending every day dedicated to the task. And if we spent every day dedicated to the task, once the decisions points come, like, what do I want to do with my career? Where am I going to school? Who do I want to be involved with? Who do I want to marry? 
when do I want to start a family? Do I want to start a family? All those decisions become easier when you treat every day like it's your last and like you're doing something productive and building up those habits because those habits will serve you well once you get to those decision points. That stress that we have about, oh, what tomorrow brings kind of alleviates because we say, whatever tomorrow brings, I've done well today and I can be satisfied with that. So when you lay your head on the pillow, you're not worried about, oh, what, what do I have to get done tomorrow? When's this deadline? Yada, yada, yada. Because you're getting it done already and you don't procrastinate because the worst thing to do in life is procrastinate. There's room for procrastination in our education system and I could talk about that a lot. But when it comes to life, when it comes to purpose, there's no place for procrastination and that's what Seneca's exemplifying here. So he goes on to say, nothing Lucilius is ours except time. We were entrusted by nature with the ownership of this single thing, so fleeting and slippery that anyone who will can oust us from possession. What fools these mortals be? They allow the cheapest and most lucious things, which can be easily replaced, to be charged in the reckoning after they have required them. But they never regard themselves as in debt when they have received some of that precious commodity, time. And yet time is the one loan which even a grateful recipient cannot repay. So what Seneca is saying here is that people are willing to let other things that are materialistic kind of dictate what they do in their life. Like, oh, how do I get this new car? How do I get this new fancy thing? How do I go get the money to pay for it and they and they allow that to rule their lives but they don't allow the concept of hey i'm wasting time here to rule their lives and we see that in the form of materialism we care so much about these material things we care so much about money and our possessions that we lose regard of the fact that as we're chasing these things that leave us once we die we're wasting time and i'm a big i'm a big big believer in what i want to do with my life is leave a legacy that lasts beyond my time on earth and a legacy that is fancy things a fancy house possessions they leave with me i don't get to use them once i leave but my legacy does not leave with me and that's if you create the right legacy and so i think that kind of ideology finds a comfortable place in the school of stoicism because it values time and impact and purpose rather than what Seneca calls the cheapest and most useless things in life. He finally says, You may desire to know how I, who preach to you so freely, am practicing. I confess frankly, my expense account balances, as you expect from one who is free-handed but careful. I cannot boast that I waste nothing, but I can at least tell you what I am wasting and the cause and manner of the loss. I can give you the reasons why I am a poor man. My situation, however, is the same as that of many who are reduced to slender means through no fault of their own. Everyone forgives them, but no one comes to their rescue. What is the state of things, then? It is this. I do not regard a man as poor, that the little which remains is enough for him. I advise you, however, to keep what is really yours, and you cannot begin too early, for as our ancestors believed, it is too late to spare when you reach the dregs of the cask. Of that which remains at the bottom, the amount is slight, and the quality is vile. This is one of the things that I really, really love about Seneca. He was not a perfect person. You know, at times it could be argued that he's very hypocritical when it comes to how he lived versus how he taught. But I love these moments where he reflects on his own life and acknowledges that he is hypocritical, but says, I can at least tell you what I am wasting. And that's the reality is nobody is perfect. Nobody even comes close to perfection. And so when you're exemplifying the traits that are expressed in the school of Stoicism, the best that you can do is aim to achieve them. You're never going to achieve the perfect use of time and completely disregarding physical possessions and always saying, I'm never going to waste time. 
That's simply impossible. And for us to express that it is, is just a lie. But by you at least acknowledging what you're wasting, that's a step forward. It's, it's one more thing you're doing that is different than others. So, so my advice here is, right, don't w- waste as little time as possible. Whatever time, but whatever time you do waste, at least acknowledge that you're wasting it. If you're at least able to acknowledge and accept that you're wasting it, it's not necessarily carelessness. Like I said before, it's just a break that maybe you need. One of the really powerful quotes that I want to end with here is, He does not regard a man as poor if the little which remains is enough for him. Life is all about prioritization. If you have very few things, but the things that you do have are what you prioritize, then you're not necessarily poor. We seem to look at poor versus wealthy in modern times as if you have a nice car or you have fancy jewelry or you have a nice house or you have things that can impress other people. But in reality, the definition of wealth is if you can impress yourself, if you can be fulfilled. So you can be a homeless person on the street, but if you have like a loving dog or something that keeps you fulfilled, you're, n- you're less poor than the man who lives in a lonely mansion with nice cars, but hates himself because he has no relationship with anybody. Now, society would say that man is doing a lot better than the person living on the street, but if you look at the content of their character, the fulfillment inside of them, the nourishment of their soul, the, the person on the street is doing a lot better. In the final part of this letter, Seneca talks about prioritizing late in life. He says when he reached the dregs of the cast, when whatever remains at the bottom. Think about wills for a second. You set wills when you become older. You think about who am I going to give my stuff to when you become older? But I think this concept is kind of woeful. I think you should always be thinking about those things. Not just when I die, who do I give my stuff to? But when I die, what do I want to leave in this world? And so that's my final thought for today is if you're prioritizing late in life, you've started too late. So start prioritizing now and asking yourself, what do I want to leave in this world? And hopefully the answer is fulfilling to you and purposeful to the world.